The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no house of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the novel, The Name of the Rose, one monk scolds another monk for suggesting that Jesus ever laughed. <laughs> Granted, sometimes we desperate preachers try to include a joke in our sermons to get a chuckle out of you, whether or not there's any connection to the theme or the text at all. Sorry, or you're welcome. I'm not sure which one to say. There seems to be little to smile about these days, let alone laugh. A pandemic with rising cases, racism uncovered in devastating ways, the fifth anniversary this Wednesday of the murder of the nine from Mother Emanuel Church, divisive mean tactics from our president, emotional exhaustion all around, who has hope for the future when we barely know what we're going to do next month? <laughs> it's almost laughable. So enter the laugh track from our reading from Genesis. Main characters, Abraham and Sarah. Their story is so central to Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. If you can't give an elevator speech about it, listen up. It's that important. And I'm not joking. Abraham and Sarah are our faith heroes because they drop everything and leave for a place and a future completely unknown. Either what they did is the supreme act of trust, or they are the laughingstock of the human race. 
If that's not enough, they are promised that they will have a son. Though they are so past the age of childbearing, it's beyond funny. Now remember for them, having a future means having an heir. When God tells Abraham that he will be a father when he's old enough to be a great, great, great granddad, he <laughs> rolls over in laughter. That's the way the Hebrew puts it. And then there are those three mysterious guests that show up on camel, hungry. Abraham provides hospitality for the three. Now, one of the mysteries, one of those mystery guys reminds Abraham and Sarah that reminds Abraham, I'm sorry, that Sarah will soon get pregnant. A past menopause. Sarah overhears this outrageous claim, and she laughs to herself. Now, this isn't the belly laugh that we could use a good dose of these days. It's the cynical, yeah, right, chuckle under breath. We get it. That's our kind of laughter these days. <laughs> yeah, right. There's been so many murders of African Americans for years and centuries. Why do we expect things to change now? How can people be so stupid to think it's safe to be out without a mask or social distancing? All the pie in the sky hopes for a better world, with so many jerks in charge of things. Been there, seen it all. Right. Laugh, laugh. Sorry to say, though, Sarah snickers her. Sarah gets caught. Sarah gets caught by God. One of the divine visitors puts her on it. And then Sarah denies it. Who, me? I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you did, girl. Oops. I guess we're caught laughing, too. Not believing God's promise for a better future. But did you catch the words of promise from the mystery visitor? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Sure enough, the promise comes true. Abraham and Sarah have a future, which means a descendant, which means a son named Isaac. And what does the word Isaac mean? He who laughs. Doubting, laughing Sarah has a reversal of fortune. Goodness! God has brought laughter to me, she says. New life, gurgles and coos. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Sarah is our laughing forebear in faith because she's like us. Finding it hard to trust, to believe, to imagine a new world, a new reality that stretches our minds and our hearts. Irreverent but faithful writer Anne Lamont pens. When God is going to do something wonderful, he or she always starts with a hardship. When God is going to do something amazing, he or she starts with an impossibility. <laughs> we are living that, aren't we? An old Yiddish proverb says, if you want to hear God laugh, tell God your plans. How naive we've been. We're not in control of our lives. We're not in control of the earth as we thought. And what becomes of Isaac? Well, named for laughter, his life was filled with plenty sadness and bitterness. I hear this as well. 
Paul goes so far in our Romans reading to say that we can rejoice in our sufferings because suffering builds character and that leads to hope. Now, interpreted too narrowly, this can be laughable. You mean oppressed or abused people should just turn the other cheek and suffer? No way. Yet read on. God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. God is faithful. Oh, blessed hope. Oh, sweet resilience. Thank goodness Jesus doesn't laugh off the despicable crowd in today's gospel, harassed, helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Yet Jesus calls a motley crew, a laughable one, really, to be the team of 12, a denier, a betrayer, a tax collector, a bunch of uneducated, uneducated folks who don't have training in mission development to change the world. He sends them, and don't forget, he sends us to labor in ripe fields, to cast out evil, to cure disease, to be signs of healing, to proclaim good news, to announce and embody God's love for all, especially those without a voice and those without hope. All because, all because God is faithful and God has the last laugh. When Dante was making his ascent into heaven in the Divine Comedy, he heard what sounded like the laughter of the universe, the song of Easter, the defeat of death and evil, a cosmos transformed by God's unrelenting grace and mercy, a joy that Tolkien described as beyond the walls of this world. So laugh with me. Join God's dream to make the impossible possible. I love this quote from theologian Harvey Cox. Holy laughter is the gift of grace. It's the human spirit's last defense against banality and despair. So this day, we praise the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We praise the God of Sarah, Rachel, and Rebecca. We praise the God of Mary, Jesus, and Paul. God is faithful. You have a future. All will be well. All will be healed. It is the kind of joy we saw earlier this week at George Floyd's funeral and at the funeral of the Emmanuel Nine. Even with hearts breaking, we join the laughter of the universe. For Christ is risen. A good laugh, indeed. Amen.